This is the Tony Dill Podcast. Hello and welcome again to the Tony Doe Podcast. Let's get to meet my guest. Rex Uberfresh is a singer, songwriter, broadcaster, voice actor, and all-round creative. I love everything that has to do with creating. And um, I love to talk. I love to uh, cut up stuff. I really, really like music. I love mashing audio together to you know, create unique sounds, to tell stories. I enjoy what I do, especially in a gro- broadcast media environment. So that's about it. Why radio? Well, radio for me is a very intimate platform. I listened to radio growing up. My big brother put me on radio in terms of uh, he was always playing radio every time. My parents, you know, they used to watch more of TV. And maybe when there's no power in the house, you know, I could hear my dad, you know, on his radio listening to World Service, BBC, I think, or Voice of America, one of the one of those. And uh, from time to time, I never really got interested in the old radio of back in the day. But when independent radio came into Nigeria, you know, the likes of uh, Ray Power, Rhythm, I, I fell in love with radio. I loved the voices, the characters, um, the music, everything, the, the, the games. It was just so beautiful, you know, having to listen to people you don't know and bond with them and get a kind of relationship with them. So that's um, how I fell in love with radio, basically. But getting on radio, because I actually first started out uh, really chasing music. You know, I was writing music from university level and uh, I put out an album in the university. Not ex- not really put it out, you know, I recorded an album, which uh, we never actually uh, released. Then I joined a group and I uh, put out music. So basically I've been a studio rat for as long as I can remember, say 2006, thereabouts. And uh, for me, Creating stuff just gives me joy, you know, the potential it has and how uh, sometimes it, it changes people's lives. So from the music thingy, I, I heard of a, about an opportunity on the radio and I was like, you know what, music, half the time after recording, I'm not really doing much else with my time. So I decided to, you know, get a nine to five at uh, a federal radio station, a public radio station. And, you know, from there, I had to learn the ropes and do a lot of things. And I started to understand how powerful radio can be. So that's why I'm doing radio, because I have a chance to inform the people, to have conversations with people from all walks of life and, uh, you know, generally make a difference. Who would you say are your biggest influences on radio? Okay, among a couple of people, I admired on radio, you know, while growing up, uh, was J.J. the Mechadon, I.K. Osakyo Dua, a.k.a. Wild Child. I love Dan Foster, God rest his soul. Also, Rick Dees. I listen to Rick Dees a lot. P.J. Butter as well. And um, I'm trying to think. It was a few. Chemistry. Chemistry. Back in the day of rhythm. I loved her a lot. I loved her voice and, you know, how she, you know, uh, spoke about stuff. So basically, those are, those are the people I grew up listening to and admired a lot. Talk to me about your radio journey, how it started and how it's going so far. 
And so I started radio at FRCN, Broadcasting House Ecoe. And that's where I started. I actually got into the Federal Radio Corporation as an IT guy. I was in the tech room, you know, solving problems with people's PCs because I actually studied computer science in the university. But it was quite boring because there were not, there was not, there wasn't a lot to do, you know, and uh, you know how it is, the public sector, not very well funded. So uh, PCs were always breaking down, not enough resources to replace or to, you know, improve on the technology. So we just had to, we're just basically repairmen. So I, I got a bit tired of that uh, assignment and there was an opening at the radio station Metro at the time, 97.7. And I went to audition where I failed woefully because I didn't have any experience at all. Uh, but, you know, my mom works there as well. So she was able to prevail on them to, you know what, just let me understudy. So that's how I started to understudy. And I started to do voiceovers and uh, recorded programs, basically. Nobody let me go on the air. And I was always in the studio listening to the guys who knew how to do it. And they were giving me tips. People like Michael Diali, uh, Moses Humphrey, Israel Eferobo, a whole lot of people, Chris Elems as well. Uh, these were people who I, I understudied. I was in the studio when they were doing their bits. And so I had to know why things were done the way they were done. Uh, studio etiquettes, things like that. Then I got, I got a chance to be on the radio, I think during the night shift. And I started to read news. And that was after I went for broadcast training. And after that, I came back and I started to try my hands on going on air. It was scary the first time, you know, always being conscious of your words and not making mistakes and all of that. But that's, that's how I got on radio. And from there, I went to a private station because I felt like uh, the public sector, you know, especially in the radio industry, kind of limits you, especially with uh, modern tech and, you know, other ways of doing things, you know. So I, I really love what I learned, the foundation, the rudiments of broadcasting uh, and the basics, really. And uh, I really appreciate my time there, but I, I needed something more. I wanted to know what else was available, how else to do this job. And so I got into radio. I went to Enugu Urban Radio. I, I was there for about uh, a year or so, almost a year. And uh, I, I got an offer with another new station open up in Asaba. And so I went to Asaba and uh, yeah, so I've been there, you know, doing my thing. What's a typical day like for you on your show on radio? A typical day on my shift. Hmm, let me see. Okay, I used to do the evening shift at one time. When I started um, on Bridge Radio, I was doing the evening shift. So uh, that was cra crazy. It was it was fun. It was drive time. It was young, it was youthful. Um, myself and my co-presenter, we used to switch who's at the control board. So that's the, the, the console. And so on, maybe on Mondays, I'm there. On Tuesdays, I'm there. Because we, we had different musical styles and we wanted to uh, switch up and keep the show interesting. Uh, we used to come up with topics, anything that, you know, would get people talking. Uh, very, very outlandish stuff sometimes, you know. So it's basically a whole lot of banter, music, teasing, you know, people, the callers, each other, talking about stuff that, you know, people uh, probably don't have enough idea about and stuff like that. So uh, it was it was cool. Then lately I'm on the breakfast show right now and it's a whole lot of politics. So that 
shift was a bit tough for me because I had to start to dig into, um, you know, what's going on, current affairs, uh, the news. I'm always, you know, surfing the news and the internet and stuff like that. So that's uh, what my typical day is on my show. Uh, we do newspaper headlines and then we do the political talk show which is always crazy because I'm always searching for uh, some of the headlines that, you know, gets people to react and uh, also get guests on the show to help us uh, put some context to what's going on. And so that's, that's my typical day on radio. And then at the later part of the breakfast show, I get to, you know, play tons of music and talk about them, talk about artists and also check in with the entertainment scene, what's going on. So that's basically a typical day on my show. How do you spot a good radio talent? Okay, so here's how I spot good radio talents. They're so hard to come across these days, but typically someone who is passionate, someone who is interested about what's going on around them, someone who has an opinion about a lot of things, who's ready to research and can articulate properly. Uh, I, I feel basically a lot of things can be learned on the job. But first of all, one good thing is when you find people who are able to articulate their thoughts properly, who are a bit, you know, creative in how they convey uh, the information that they have. Uh, some of these they can learn on the job, but it just has to be there. I just need to be able to see that there's something uh, that this person has to offer, especially a passion for wanting to even be a communicator, be someone on the other side of the microphone, you know, talking to people, you know, and uh, with a lot of experience in, in, in on the job. I see that sometimes people who have the most passion find a way to communicate, even if it's not how we expect them to or how the profession, basically, in quotes, has tailored things down that, oh, this is how this person should sound or this is how people should sound on the radio. Sometimes those things don't work. So uh, the person needs to be very informed, very passionate about the job and have, has something to say. Basically, that that's that's makes good radio. So I, I tend to mix it up, look for people who articulate, but most importantly, someone who is passionate about communicating with people, about you know learning about what's going on around them, having an opinion, an informed opinion, uh, underline the word informed about stuff. How do you think radio stays relevant in the face of um, streaming services and podcasts? Now, th this is a big, big, big issue, you know, but I think it can play in the, in, in, in the, it can play to the advantage of radio. How so? So uh, we have a lot of streaming services. We have podcasts. Now for music, I, I know that a lot of people get the music on demand. So uh, for radio, especially we on radio, we have to be current enough. We have to play what people already have started streaming. So uh, when we can get exclusives, it makes it better for the radio station, right? And uh, all of those hypes that uh, our artist drops, you know, you don't get that on the streaming services. It adds color to what you're doing. But most importantly, we have to be ahead of, of the game. We have to be able to get the songs possibly before they're released on streaming services. That's how radio stays relevant. For podcasts, uh, for podcasts, I think that uh, that's another way radio is pivoting, you know, to the podcast scene. And when when internet penetration gets even 
better and deeper in this parts of the world, perhaps more people will be listening to podcasts. But there's something radio has that uh, podcast scene may need to get to, or there might be a convergence of radio and podcasts, uh, so to speak. It's the liveness, you know, live nature of podcasts or live nature of radio. And the fact that, you know, you can get a feedback you know, that, that aspect is also important. So I know there's some people who are doing that already with a podcast, but I think that it's kind of like the future of radio in a way, you know, but, uh, as we speak, radio penetrates, uh, the deepest, most rural parts. So it's going to take a long time, uh, to phase radio out. And I don't think we can ever phase radio out. I think radio is going to, uh, develop and merge with, you know, the podcast scene and the internet, live streams and all of that is all going to be a part of radio. What do you think about podcasts? I think podcasts are very interesting. I think it's, it's more of niche radio, you know, radio getting more um, stylized, more free, fun, you know, you can get a couple of people in the studio and, and, and even the visual aspect of the podcast are also very interesting. Um, it's topic specific, you know, sometimes, you know, the podcast, depending on what kind of podcast you're listening to. I think I like it. The quality is good. Um, you can find it online. So it's not limited to, you know, where you are in the world. Uh, although radio also um, streams online, but this podcast, most times, you know, you, you find a niche that you love and sorts of topics that you love listening to. And you can find a podcast on that. So I think it's beautiful. I, I love listening to podcasts. In light of recent events like the NSAS movement and, of course, the Twitter ban, what's your view on the regulatory methods of the NBC? On the issue of uh, the NBC as a regulatory agency, uh, they've been doing well uh, trying to keep broadcast stations uh, to broadcast within the ambits of the NBC code, which is our rule book. Because a lot of stations are coming up, not some of them not so experienced or not having experienced management, and uh, they need this guidance. So the NBC, from time to time, has to you know send warnings and you know put out publications just to guide you know the broadcast industry. Because the country right now is in a state where tensions are high. Emotions are high. Uh, the country is sort of divided along you know political lines religious, ethnic lines and things like that. And some stations are playing into that and further causing harm without knowing, you know. But talking about media censorship, a lot of the things that the NBC has put out in the face of the NSARS movement, also with the Twitter ban as well, and, you know, several other issues, you know, the, the posturing of the NBC has, seems to be on the side of government. And that's not that's not strange because it is a national broadcasting commission. Uh, is, it was set up by an act, you know, by this country. And most and most times, you know, you find that the government has a say. The Minister of Information has a whole lot of influence. And the Minister of Information is you can be said to be independent because he it belongs to the administration. So we need to get to a point where, you know, we can 
help the NBC or the NBC needs to understand that there needs to be some sort of independence. They need to be, they need to be able to be objective. So while they regulate what's happening, I understand the concerns of the government. Uh, you know, people, people are going on air with all sorts of things that are not, not facts and are capable of causing more divisions and problems in the country. But the government also has its own role uh, to play and the radio stations shouldn't be gagged in speaking truths to power. So that's what I feel the NBC regulation is bordering on, possibly gagging the media in a way. So uh, media personnel or broadcast outfits need to be more careful and uh, need to be objective in their reportage, in how they put issues and matters across. But then again, uh, they should not be afraid to speak the truth. And I don't think the NBC wants to keep broadcast outfits from speaking the truth. But however they go about it could seem otherwise. So that's why they also need to um, do things carefully and transparently, objectively as well, so that the industry will be better for it. How do you deal with a bad day at work? A bad day at work is something that uh, sometimes can be few and far in between, depending on where you work. Sometimes it can be maybe every other day. Uh, but for me, dealing with a bad day at work, I don't get too many of those because I'm, all, I'm a very cheerful guy, optimistic. I don't like to bother about stuff for too long. But uh, being in management, people definitely give you bad days at work, especially when you, you know, you, you, get the heat because somebody else didn't do their job. So, but I, I don't let that affect my presentation, you know, because I was taught the golden rule, leave your baggages out the studio door. When you get in there, you know, do what you need to do. So I, I have this way of um, just, just trying to forget about whatever it is that's making me upset when I have a bad day at work. And uh, what else? I listen to music. Music has a way of calming me down. And eating food, yes, snacking, you know, snacking on uh, on chocolates, local delicacy, anything. Uh, yeah, so that, that helps me get my mind off stuff. Who are your top five Afrobeats acts and why? Top five favorite Afrobeats acts. Hmm. I'd say I like Burner Boy, David O, Tenny. Uh, who else? Who else? Let me see. That's three. I also like Whiskid and Thames. That's if you can call Thames Afrobeat. Yes, I think she's Afrobeat. Okay. Yeah, so those five. And I, I like them because of what they bring to the table. They're, they're, they're quite different. Even though, you know, a genre of or a sound right now might be popping. Like, say, uh, I'm a piano. But these acts... All of them I've mentioned, if they jump on it, it will sound different. They have what they bring to the table. Uh, Tenny is a fantastic songwriter and vocalist. So I really like the, her freedom of expression. She just expresses herself, makes it so natural. David is very gritty. His, uh, his voice texture is different. And he, he, he finds a way to bury or, or to bring life, rather, to a song even if he doesn't write it. So I, I, I appreciate about that about him. And he goes out seeking very interestingly written songs and he delivers them. So that's why I like David O. Uh, Whiskid, on the other hand, he's just super talented. And I say he's one of these artists that is you know, full of grace and he's able to 
bring something different. You know, sometimes it sounds so effortless that you wonder where the talent is, you know, what's he really saying? Uh, but I, I appreciate his, his, his vocal texture, his delivery on songs and the beats he picks. I think, I think that's what makes Whiskey's sound very, very different. And he has, over the years, he has, uh, morphed or grown you know so his sound has you know shifted has bended and it's really interesting to see what he has you know become who else terms is just amazing you know she's uh, she's gritty she has that thing that we all love about rihanna uh she has sweet vocals uh, she sounds good on records and uh, she's also very poetic in her approach to topics such as heartbreak love and things like that and who else? Burner Boy, the African giant, you know, <laughs> he's, he's amazing as well. I, I love the fact that, you know, when he came on the scene, he, he showed us his range in terms of the kind of genres of music that he mastered, both R&B, raga, and as well as uh, rap. You know, you can just sense all of that inside of him then afro beats so that's four four genres you know uh, maybe not necessarily rapping but you can tell from the way he writes his song that he's sort of a rapper you can feel the rhythm and you can feel the poetry so i i think being able to master all these genres makes you a great artist and it has shown over time so those, those are my f- top five afro beats acts and why i love them what are your top five afro beats songs at the moment Okay, my top five Afrobeat songs at the moment. Funnily enough, uh, it might not be all from these artists I mentioned earlier, but I'm feeling Low J and Sars, Mona Lisa. I'm feeling that track. I also like Essence with Whiskid and the Justin Bieber version. I, I, I like that a lot. Whiskid and Thames. So I think that's two of my artists on the song. I am also feeling Buju at the moment. He has a song called Testimony. I think I like that. Yes, and um, so that's uh, three of them. I also like Tenny's album. I like her new album. But for me, one of the standout songs there is Hustle. Yes, I like Hustle by Tenny. And uh, last Afrobeat song that I'm feeling at the moment is Fireboy. Yes, he has this new song where he's singing like Wan De Cole. I can't even tell if Wan De Cole is on the track or if it's just him. But it's uh, a song called, um, um, I'm trying to remember the name. It starts with a P. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the song. His new song. His new song. I, I, I forget the title now. Yeah, so those are the top five songs I'm, I'm feeling right now. What won't you ever eat, no matter how hungry you get? First of all, I'm going to disappoint you. I'm a foodie. I love food. There's almost nothing I can't eat, except it's slimy and it's not cooked. Yes, that's how I'll put it. But every other thing that is cooked, yeah. And if it's non-African, you know, I'm very wary about, you know, other dishes, you know, from other places. So I can't say I can eat everything. But basically, if it has taste... Uh, it has some spicing in it. It's hot. I think I can just eat it. But if you say, what won't I ever try? Because I like to try stuff. But what won't I ever eat? Maybe sushi. Because it's not always so cooked. But hey, you never know. If Rex had superpowers, what would they be? And how would you use them? If I had superpowers... I would love to be able to 
to be able to time travel. I'd really love that. I'd love to be able to time travel because I'll be able to go back in time and learn stuff. You know, the knowledge might haunt me, you know, knowing what's going to happen in the future and all of that, you know, but time travel, not, I don't want to know everything. I want to be able to, you know, jump in and find out what's, what happened in the past, uh, you know, and also use that to determine what's going to happen in the future, you know, so being, being able to time travel and just, you know, vacationing in a different time setting. I think that would be super interesting. So yeah, that's a superpower I would like to have. What legacy does Rex Uber Fresh want to leave behind? I would love to leave a legacy of a guy who, who created something different for the generation after, you know, because I've, I've been through a lot of, a lot of industries, you know, I've, I've, I've done music, I've, you know, done radio as well. And, and currently I'm, I'm pivoting, you know, into, you know, multimedia production, talk, talking about, you know, movies, uh, you know, soundtracks and stuff like that. So uh, I, I want to be able to be known as someone, you know, who was able to uh, break boundaries, you know, and not be in a box, to be able to uplift young, talented people, because that's uh, something else I want to do. Give people the opportunity to, you know, show what skills they have, especially if they're creative skills, uh, you know, create a platform where, you know, I can mentor people. So I want to be known as that guy who, who gave what he had uh, so that the future can prosper. My guest has been Rex Uber Fresh. It's been a pleasure having you, bro. Thank you. If you enjoyed this, please get someone else to listen to it as well. If you'd like to support, the links are in the show notes. Who produced the theme music, by the way? I'm pretty sure it's Techzilla. 